And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. We are in a uh, series called You Asked For It. Today is week three, and we're going to be going six weeks in this series. And this series was really inspired by um, how Jesus taught in the New Testament. You see, Jesus, most of his teachings in the New Testament were in response to questions that the crowd were asking. And so back on uh, Easter Sunday, uh, we did a a survey uh, in the service, and, and we did the survey around this question, like, what are some of the barriers that tend to keep you from going uh, to the next level in your relationship with the Lord. And we got a whole lot of responses uh, back from that survey. And so what we did is we've just been asking the Holy Spirit, okay, out of all of these uh, responses, out of these barriers that that seem to keep us from from knowing you more, what are the ones that, that you're leading us to talk about in this series? And so in week one, we talked about how to get out of a spiritual rut. Uh, In week two, which was last week, we talked about um, how to hear God's voice. Today, I want to talk about another topic that, um, that I think we all need to hear from time to time, and that's how we can thrive in difficult situations, how we can thrive in difficult situations or seasons of our life. And then next week, Andrea is going to talk about um, how to have healthy relationships. And uh, that's going to be a good one. So I'd encourage you to to come be a part of that. Well, if you got your Bible, grab it. And uh, we're going to be hanging out in Psalm 23 today. Uh, Psalm 23. But before we do that, let's go to the Lord uh, for our congregational prayer before we get started. If you would repeat this with me today. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I, as a kid uh, growing up, uh, even into high school, um, I played uh, baseball, played three sports, but uh, baseball was one of the sports that that I played, and um, not to toot my horn at all, but I was decent, I was pretty good, played on some all-star teams, played on some travel teams, won some awards, that whole thing, um, was 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 okay, was fairly good. Um, but there was one thing about baseball growing up, um, especially the older that I got into high school, that was my Achilles heel. And here's what it was, the curveball. Anybody else ever have a, have a hard time hitting the curveball? Like, like there was just something about standing in the batter's box, right, and seeing the ball come right at you that would just freak me out. And um, I, I mean, I was taught what to do in the moment. I was, I was trained. I would practice it in the batting cages, kind of hold back, sit back on it and pop it opposite field. But there was something about getting in the game. There was something about the pressure of the moment that when I would see that ball coming, that I would freeze. And I think sometimes in in our lives, as we begin to navigate seasons of our life where it just feels like we're getting thrown curveball after curveball, that sometimes in life we freeze. Sometimes in life when when we get uh, um, a doctor's report that, that it was just a routine visit to the doctor and we end up getting a bad report or maybe it was a dream that we had in our lives and it just gets shattered 
and destroyed, or maybe, maybe we'd lose somebody that, that we were really close to, that we drew a lot of, a lot of just strength from, and, 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 and they passed away out of nowhere, or maybe, maybe one of these, one of those situations that, that you walk away from and you say to yourself, I didn't see that coming. Anybody ever have a I didn't see that coming kind of situation that's happened in your life? I mean, the truth is, is that we all face curveballs from time to time in our lives. And, and there is one guarantee that Jesus gives us in Scripture, and that is that we're going to face them. There's no guarantee that, that occasionally there's a guarantee that we are going to face curveballs in life. And so if that's going to be something that is, is consistent that we're going to face, then we need to find the answer to this very important question that I've really built this whole conversation on today. And that is, how can we thrive spiritually in difficult situations rather than just survive? How can we thrive instead of just survive? And so I got some good news today beyond dropping the cap on the floor. I got some good news. And here it is. God gives us a roadmap. He knew that we were going to have some trouble. He knew we were going to have some difficulty in life. And so he gives us a roadmap to be able to thrive in difficult seasons. And that roadmap is his word. And so if you got your Bible, look with me in Psalm chapter 23. And in Psalm 23, we we see a guy by the name of David. You've probably heard of King David. David is known, he's not, a, he's, he's not a perfect man by any means, but he is known as a man after God's heart that, that truly desires God's best in his life. And David is facing one of the most difficult seasons of his life. And we see him as he begins to write Psalm 23. Um, there's a verse in here, and, and, and I'm not going to read through all of it, but today I just want to dissect verse 4. I want us to take a look at verse 4 out of chapter 23, and I want to talk a little bit about that today, about how to thrive during difficult seasons. Take a look at this Psalm 23, verse 4 with me. He says this, that even though I walk through the darkest valley... He says, I'm not going to fear evil, for you are with me, that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So I want to hang out here in this verse today. If you got your Bible or smartphone, if you got your Bible, get a pen and you can kind of mark it up a little bit. But, but as we look at verse four, the, the first two words come jumping off the page at me. And those are words that you want to circle in your Bible that David says, even though, and I think that those two words are significant because he didn't say if. Like he didn't say if I face difficulty in my life. He said even though I'm going to face it. That even though I'm going to go through some difficulty. And if we're going to thrive in difficult situations and seasons in our life, then we can't be surprised that it's coming. We can't be surprised that life is going to throw us some curveballs from time to time. I remember years ago, we had a, a guy that um, had, had come to know the Lord as his, as his Lord and Savior and, and, and started coming to church and had only been coming to church for a few months. And then all of a sudden, he got some bad news at the doctor. And I mean, it rocked his world. 
And I remember him coming and talking to me. He's like, like, I can't stand God. Like I, I started coming to church and, 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 and I thought my life was going to get better because I'm coming to church and, and now I get this bad report and I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want anything to do with, with the church. And he ends up leaving. Church, the truth is, is that we are, Jesus guarantees us that we're going to experience difficulty in our life. Just the, the fact that we're going to put our, our lives in God's hands, just the fact that we're going to start coming to church, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't protect us from difficulty in our lives. We're all at some point along our journey of life are going to get the knock on the door, the knock of, of difficult seasons in our life. And Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said that in this world that you and I, that, what, that we are going to have trouble. Like he told us, we're going to have trouble, but look at this. He says, but take heart, and here's why he says to take heart, that I have overcome the world. Now, there's, a, there's an idea, there's a truth in this statement that I think many times we gloss over and read right over. You see, this is a big statement because what he's saying here is that we're going to have trouble, right? But he's also saying that he is more powerful than that trouble. You see that? So we're going to have it, but he's more powerful than that trouble. And here's what we got to understand is if he's more powerful than the trouble we face, then if he lets it come to us, if he lets it by him, right, then he's got a plan for it. That if we truly believe that God is bigger than whatever trouble, whatever curveball life throws at us, then if it comes knocking on our door in our life, then that means that he must have allowed it to come into our life for some purpose or plan. And we just kind of, we kind of just finished, concluded our seven days of, of prayer. And I don't know if you had a chance to, to join us um, for any of the, the devotionals or to join us for the night of worship on Wednesday night. But I know for Andrea and I, we just were coming out of that, just feeling, feeling refreshed and just kind of ready and, and laser focused for the fall. And I, and, and I hope that's the case for you too. But one of the things that I remember us talking about in our first morning of devotionals was, was these, uh, this passage of scripture that's found in James chapter 1, and it starts in verse two. And here's what James said. He said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, he doesn't say if you face trials. He says whenever we face trials of many kinds. And, and he tells us, he gives us this instruction to, to consider it joy, like to be joyful about it. And you kind of think like, why why would we be all excited about difficulty and curveballs and trouble that's happening in our life? And we see why here in verse 3. He says, because you know that the testing of your faith, look what it does. It produces perseverance in our life. He says, let that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. 
mature and complete, not lacking anything. I think we see here, and I think we see throughout Scripture, a reminder that when we, um, when we submit our lives to God and we follow God in our life, that, that His goal, that God's goal is not to insulate us from difficulty. That we, right, like we want the get out of jail free card. We want, God, I'm going to follow. I prayed hard this week, God. Why, why are you coming against me so hard the following week? Like we want, we want our relationship with God to insulate us from any kind of trouble. And oftentimes when we experience trouble, we end up blaming God or thinking that God's not big enough or, or powerful enough to intervene in our life. But we lose sight of God's main objective in our journey with him, that his objective in our life is not that we live a life trouble-free. His objective in our life is that we become more and more like him. And so when he allows trouble past the door, when he allows trouble to knock on our lives, there is a purpose, there is a reason that he doesn't cause it, but he allows it to happen in order to develop you and I so that our relationship with him is more mature and complete. And that's a perspective of faith. That's a perspective of our relationship with God that if we don't see it that way, if we don't recognize that, that his, our relationship with him is not about us not having difficulty, it's about us becoming more and more like him, then we will spend our ent- in, entire relationship of following Jesus frustrated, feeling like God is not living up to his side of, of the bargain. His goal is to make us more and more like him, and so he allows trouble and difficult seasons in our lives to begin to refine us and to begin to shape us and to begin to show what our true character really is because we begin to see that start to flesh out when difficulty comes, right? And so we see David, he goes, he goes on to say in verse 4 that even though I walk through the darkest valley... That even though I go through some of the most difficult times in my life, and, and, and I think what's fascinating about this is that another translation in your Bible, it might be yours today, says that the valley of the shadow of death, maybe you've heard of that, the valley, the shadow of death. Did you know that's a real place? Did you know there's a real place between Jerusalem and Jericho that's called the valley of the shadow of death. I've got a picture for you to be able to see it um, today, and it's up here on the screens. And it's a, it's a connecting point between Jerusalem and Jericho. And it's an ancient path that back in Bible days that, that sometimes they would have to travel to get to their destination, and they would have to go through this valley of the shadow of death. And, and the reason why it was such um, The reason why they label it with this word death is because robbers would hang out in there around the corners and and it was dark. And as you began to walk through, they would jump out and and they would rob you and and beat you and whatever else they would do. But, But that was a real place. And I think the parallel between that and what David is saying in verse four in our own life It's so fascinating because we see Jesus say in John 10.10 that the purpose of the enemy is to what? 
to steal, kill, and destroy. And so you and I have a very present enemy in our lives that when we go through difficulty in our life, the enemy is hanging around the corner in the dark spaces of that difficulty trying to steal, kill, and destroy God's purposes and plans for our life. And so we have to learn how to thrive in those moments rather than just try to survive. I mean, Andrea and I have gone through difficult season after difficult season. We've experienced our share of dark and scary moments. We've experienced our, our share of situations where it felt like we were never going to get out, where it felt like the valley was just our, our new normal. But I want to give you some perspective on difficulty today, and it's this, that God often uses pain or difficulty to push us into our purpose that God often uses pain or difficulty to push us into our purpose. And so if that's the truth, that in this next breath, as David uh, begins to unpack this dark valley and, and his response to it, I think we can pull away a few tips that I think will help us to thrive instead of survive. The first thing that I think David would tell us today is to choose faith over fear. I think he'd encourage us to choose faith over fear. We see here in verse four, he says, I will fear no evil. If you got your Bible, circle that word will, because I think that that is implying that David is making a choice. He's making a choice not to fear. He's saying, I'm going to choose not to let my mind run wild. I'm going to choose not to believe everything that my ears hear. I'm going to choose not to trust my natural eyes over my spiritual eyes. Friend, if you're walking through a difficult season today and you want to thrive instead of survive, then you've got to make the choice to focus on God's power, not our problem. We've got to choose to make the choice to not focus down here on the problem, but to focus on God's power. To remind ourselves that if we're walking through that today, if we're facing the difficulty, whether it's from our own bad choices or whether it's just coming out of nowhere, that if we're facing it today, then God wants to use that as a way to develop us and to make us more and more like him. And so the question that you could be asking or, or, or in your prayer time with the Lord is, God, how do you want to use this situation to make me more and more like you? Like, God, what is it in me during this season that you want to see grow? Like, what characteristic, what response, what emotion is it in me that, that you're allowing this into my life to begin to, to carve off so that I could become more like you. I think David would, would also say this, a tip to, to thriving instead of surviving, that, that we've got to decide who's going to be in control. That we're going to have to decide who's going to be in control. And this next verse to me is where that jumps out, the word fear. You know, I look at fear as a positional 
kind of word. It's, it's a word that, you see, we only fear things in our life that we believe have power over us, right? That it's a positional word. And so as we fear, we're elevating whatever the situation is above the power of God in our lives. And David here, he's, he's making this choice, like He's making this choice that, that, that evil will not have control or authority over his life. That he's choosing that during this difficult season, he's choosing not to elevate his circumstances above the promise of God for his life. And man, how often do we do that? How often do we allow the, the difficulty? How often do we allow the the bad report, how often do we allow the the fracture in our relationships? How often do we allow that stuff in our lives to be elevated above the promise that God has for us? His promise in it, Romans 8, 28, is that he's gonna use all of the good in our life and all of the bad for our benefit, that as we surrender our life to him, as we, we pull our life in alignment with him, that he's gonna use all the good stuff and he's gonna use all the bad stuff for our benefit. And so if we're walking through a tough time, it doesn't mean that it makes it easier to walk through. But if we will stop elevating our circumstances above his promise for our life, that we begin to take steps towards thriving instead of surviving. The third thing that I think David would encourage us with today is he would remind us that God is there. I think he would remind us because sometimes when it feels like the walls are caving in around us, when it feels like this is our new normal, when it feels like we, you know, we can't see outside of the moment anymore, that sometimes we need to be reminded reminded that God is with us. David said, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. That God is with us. And we've got this promise from God that he's never gonna leave us, nor is he gonna forsake us, nor is he gonna let us down. It says in Isaiah 43, verse two, that when you go through deep waters, and great trouble. Look at this promise that I will be with you. That when you go through rivers of difficulty, I think of that rivers of difficulty, it just it feels like it keeps coming, right? A river just keeps flowing whatever direction it's going. It just keeps going and maybe you're in a in a in a season of your life right now where it just feels like difficulty after difficulty, bad report like like this and this and this just keeps it just keeps hitting you and and I think the promise that God gives us is that, that he promises that we're not gonna drown in it. He says, when you walk through the fire of oppression, that you will not be burned up, that the flames will not consume you. And I think we see in this scripture another reminder that, that it's not that we're not gonna experience it. The promise isn't that we won't face difficulty. The promise is that God will be with us. And then I think the last thing that David would remind us of 
is that we've got to find comfort in the shepherd, not in the absence of difficulty. We've got to find our comfort in the shepherd, not the absence of difficulty. He says this, he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, backstage, we're doing every, right before the service starts, right before the worship team comes out, we gather backstage and whoever's leading worship that day shares, shares what God's been stirring in their heart this week about the worship set and the service. And, and then we pray together before, before we come out. And, and this morning we're back there and West begins to share his, his kind of thought, his devotional, what God's been stirring on his heart this week and, and talking to the team about what, what the message was about. And, and he said this, and I, I don't think I can say it as eloquent as he said it, but he said so many times in life, we reach out and we try to find our anchor in things that are, are, are not stable. Like we reach out and we try to find the anchor to get us through a difficult season, difficult storm, an anchor in our relationships. We reach out and we try to use our spouses to be the rock to kind of get us through. We, we look at our job, we look at our, our resources, our finances, we look at all these different things in our lives through difficulty to be our rock and none of them are stable enough to get us through that only the chief cornerstone, that only Jesus is stable enough to get us through the worst storms in life. And we see David just, I love David. Like, I, I, I think for me, like if I wanted, if I wanted, if I wanted my life to be kind of, like anybody in the, in the Bible, I think that other than Jesus, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's like when somebody asks you, like, who, who would you, who would you, like when you go to heaven or whatever, who would you most want to play a round of golf with? And if you don't say Jesus, you're in trouble. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus. Um, but I think of David because David was not perfect. He was far from perfect. But he was a man after God's heart. He was a man that wanted, he was a worshiper. He was strong. He was courageous. He was a man that just wanted all of what God had for him. He wanted to reflect that in his life. And I can hear him like in this moment as he begins to, to talk about, God, you are with me, that your rod and your staff they comfort me. That doesn't mean much to us today, but in those days, the rod and the staff, they, they symbolized something in that culture. You see, in those days, shepherds would use the rod and the staff every single day of their life to protect and to guide the sheep. The rod and the staff the rod was, was usually about a couple feet long and it had a knot, a, a knot on the end and, 
Sometimes they would carry it on their, on their hip, on their side. And the rod was used to be able to fight off any kind of animal or prey that would try to bring any kind of harm whatsoever to the sheep. The shepherd was there to be the first to, to defend, the first to fight off, the, the first to have the back of the sheep. And I think David is seeing that parallel in his own life. The God, our Father, the shepherd, that he is there with his rod to fight off, to protect us no matter where we are and what we're facing and walking through in our lives. And then he says, not just the rod, but the staff. And the staff looks something kind of like this. And the shepherds would use this as they walked around in the fields and the, the sheep would, would, would follow them. And, and, and you know, I think, of, I think of the scripture, the, uh, Jesus is saying that, that the sheep will know his voice, that there is this relationship that is there between the sheep and the shepherd, that as the shepherd walks, the sheep follow. And David, when he begins to talk about the staff, the staff was used to be able to guide the sheep. It had a hook around the top of it. And the shepherd would use that to kind of guide the sheep where they needed to go. And in some cases, what the shepherd would do when the sheep started to drift aside is would wrap it around the neck and gently pull back into the flock. And in some cases, the shepherd would even go around the neck and to pull in close to put a hand on the animal. And when I hear David talk about the rod and the staff, I just, I can't help but to visualize in the spiritual realm that whatever you're walking through today, whatever difficulty that you're facing, the darkest of valleys where it seems like the enemy is around the corner trying to steal, kill, and destroy that, that you and I have a promise. And that promise is that our shepherd is there with us. He's not gonna leave us nor forsake us. And that right now, even in this moment, as you face those difficulties in your life, allow the Holy Spirit in a gentle way to put his staff around your neck and to pull you close. And to put his hand on your back or your head and to remind you that he's here, that he's your protector, that there's nothing that anybody or anything can do to harm you because he's there. Would you bow your head with me today? Why would David be able to say something as powerful as this? I think it's because David decided that he was going to hold on to God tighter 
than he held on to his difficulty. And I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know. I don't know the weight of the pain of whatever it is today that you're facing. Maybe it's, maybe it's a health diagnosis. Maybe you've lost somebody that you could never imagine doing life without and now they're not here. Maybe it's with your marriage. Maybe it's with your kids. Friend, know this today. That in the grand scheme of things that God is going to work this out for your good. And friend, I get it. Like hearing that doesn't really take the pain away. But I think it does help us have the right perspective. And this morning, I believe that the Holy Spirit just wants to draw you in. You may walk out this door today and nothing may change. But I think you can walk out today knowing that God is with you. That you're not walking through this on your own. That you're not by yourself. That he is with you. The good shepherd is with you. And I want to pray for you today. Father, I lift up my friends today that are walking through a difficult season. Lord, I pray that in this moment, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would do what words can never do. That your Holy Spirit would come and sit beside them and wrap your arms around them this morning. Bring comfort in a season where it seems like there is no comfort. That, Lord, bring peace that your word says passes all understanding. That, Lord, even though their situation may not change today, God, give them the strength and the courage to hold on to you tighter than the difficulty in their lives. And, Lord, today I pray, Colossians 1.11, over them, that, God, you will strengthen them with your own great power so that you can be patient and to not give up when trouble comes. Friend, don't give up. God will see you through. He'll see you through the darkest moments, the darkest times. Just don't give up. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Church, would you stand with us this morning? Christ alone. Sing. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, His Lord of all. 
challenge, my encouragement to you this week. Your storm, your situation might not change, but hold on to the only solid thing, the only unmovable thing. The word says that that Jesus, that he is immovable, right? And so hang on to Jesus, and I promise you, he'll get you through. Friend, I want to remind you today before we go, they're going to go into this song one more time. Feel free to hang out and worship however you would like. I, I want to invite our prayer team, if they would, to come forward along the front. And if you would like prayer for anything, maybe you're going through a difficulty today and you just want somebody to pray with you, they would love to, to be able to intercede and to come in agreement with you today. If today is your first time with us, welcome, welcome home. I want to invite you, make sure and stop by guest services on your way out. And then also don't leave without getting connected to a group this fall. We do life together because we grow stronger together. And so I want to encourage you, stop by Group Expo if you haven't already and get signed up for a group today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for um, your words of encouragement that have stirred our hearts today. God, I pray that you would be with us as we go this week. Lord, enable us, Lord, strengthen us, anoint us to be missionaries wherever you lead us, that, Lord, we can live a life that reflects your image and that, Father, God, we would this week, Lord, just just have a sense of you stirring something fresh and anew in our hearts. Father, we give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next Sunday. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee, We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.